Do, 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 do. There we are. Okay. Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Melissa Kirscher and Wendy Bowlesby. Welcome, dear listeners, to Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Today is part two of our Xanacina holiday experience, wherein my co-host Wendy and I spend multiple days exciting each other to watch different movies that only one of us has seen. During part one, which we posted last week, we spent an entire Friday night trading movies. In today's episode, we begin at the very end of our Friday night's recording session, then continue onward into everything recorded on Sunday. Please share in our delight, and I hope we inspire you to also enjoy some of these films. So, dear listeners, it's about 1.30 in the morning, so we're going to rest and then yes. come back at this tomorrow. But for you, it will only be a moment. Just a, a boop. And then, like, we'll be back. And we'll be back. So what we're going to start off with tomorrow, or for you, just a boop away, I believe, Wendy, what do you have for me? You have it's, a Fantastic Fest film uh-huh. that One I missed. One of the weirder ones, right? Because mm-hmm. normally you watch the weird ones, and this is a, I do. a weird one that I adored. In fabric. Yay, I finally get to see it. I'm so excited for you to see it. And so tomorrow I'm going to open you with a banger, Book of Eli. Oh, my. Right? (laughs) Right? Yeah, we're going to have a good one there. All right, cool. (laughs) Okay. So, dear listeners, through the magic of editing, we'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. No, we don't after have any these sponsors. Messages, we'll be right back. <laughs> and we are back, dear listeners. It is a new day for us, but the same recording for you through the magic of editing. I'm sure it sounds different, Melissa. I'm sure yeah, it I, does. I think we're probably perkier because we've had a full night rest after uh, Mulholland Drive. So, uh, so we're back. We're back. And- Woo! And Wendy, you have seen Book of Eli. I have now seen Book of Eli. I don't know why I I failed to watch it for so long. It's really weird. Um, I think I thought it was more dour than it was. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. It's weird. But yeah, I, I watched Book of Eli with Denzel Washington and Mila Kunis and Jennifer Beals. What a feeling. And Gary Oldman and... Uh, um, Ray Stevenson. Ray Stevenson, the bad Mike, guy from RRR. And um, Tom Michael Waits. Gambon and, and Tom Waits and, and Gary Dumb- Oldman. And Dumbledore. And Dumbledore. <laughs> like, everybody was in that fucking movie. What the uh-huh. hell? Yeah. And it's a rip-roaring time, isn't it? It is a really good time. Um, yeah. Of course, as an atheist, there is a part of me that's like, eh, that's a lot of effort. Like, because, uh, spoiler alert, it's a Bible. It's not much of a spoiler. Um, everybody wants this Bible. He's got the Bible. Gary Oldman's the bad guy who wants the Bible. The Bible, the Bible, because it's, you know, blah, blah, blah. And God is protecting him. It's, it's a him. world where books are don't really exist anymore it's a post-apocalyptic wasteland and this is like one of the very few books that still exists and it's in denzel washington's hands right if i remember right yeah it's the only bible left is what they make clear because after whatever the apocalypse after the war the apocalypse the whatever people actively sought out the bible to burn it because they believed the bible was one of the causes and i'm like Oh, that sounds legit. Mm. <laughs> like, um, so why are you trying to save it? And like, 
clearly God is watching over him. There's some pretty, like, there's a firefight where he deserved to get shot, like, dozen oh, yeah. times, and he didn't. So he's he's being protected by some magical force. So, And God talks to him, and God guides him, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, like, at, like there's a part of me that's like, mm, this is low-key, like, yay, I, the- I I read it as, you know, he's he's being led by his faith, whether or not God exists is kind of immaterial to the movie itself, but Except but that he's being he, like there's a couple of like with that firefight, mm-hmm. so there's a a little bit of Loki like so God's real. Which <laughs> I still enjoyed it. I wanna make it clear. Yeah. I still had a yeah. great time watching it. Um although the the very, very ending I think I know what they were trying to say, but the problem is it doesn't track. Mm, fair. Again, again with the the magic that like the magic that made that happen. If that were what they were trying to imply. Yeah, well, I'm not sure that is, but you know, it's also been a while since I've seen the movie. Um, I do like there is another third act reveal, which I appreciated given that I am a fan of a certain uh, action movie series that has been going on for a long time that involves the same mechanism of hero. That's what we're talking about. I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen the movie because even though it, even though I figured it out before they revealed it, if anybody is going in cold, it's like, if it works for them, that's a fun reveal. So, see, I feel like anyway. it would have been enough to, you know, Fahrenheit four five one it for one. Oh yeah, like that would have been enough. Um, I don't know. We have to talk. We need to talk more about that, Melissa. We need to talk yeah, more about. Yeah, that. we can. We can drop it after the recording. So like, we can. We can a, talk a wildly, after we turn off the mic. <laughs> yeah, it's still a wildly entertaining movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like a lot of the world building i like the idea that you can tell the 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 ones the the cannibals because their hands shake mm-hmm. um i very much loved the scene with the two the two like grandma and grandpa cannibals i very much enjoyed that <laughs> would you like some music it's so soothing and then they put on an old record and it's ring my bell from the 70s <laughs> yep you can ring my bell, ring my bell. I'm like, oh, that's a beautiful choice. Congratulations right. to whoever on the crew made that call. Like, mwah. I would like to think it was the screenwriters, but like, I like you never know. You never know who came up with that. Mm-hmm. So that was whoever uh, it was. Mad props. Mad, mad props. Mad, mad props. And some great fight scenes. Um, yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot to enjoy. Although I did message Melissa in the middle of it, like Gary Oldman is so good at being a villain that he has become his own cliche. It's true. Like, oh look, it's Gary Oldman being a villain, doing all the things Gary Oldman does as a villain, which are all good things. And also, they are very go- like, <laughs> oh look, it's Gary Oldman, <laughs> Gary Oldmaning. Yep, exactly. I mean, he's played that role many times before. Yeah, and many it, times just changed the he, costume. He seems to enjoy it, and so I don't begrudge him of that, but, you know, give somebody else a chance. Right? <laughs> yeah. No, um, but uh, very good, like, apocalyptic movie. Um, although, like, again, like, as I messaged to you, like, People wander into these dilapidated houses and never think to check, like, hmm, if the walls are falling in, I wonder how the floor is doing. Like, <laughs> right? not that anything actually happened along that, but, like, that's what I thought. Like, maybe we should be a little bit more careful. And then at one point they camp out in an old, um, like, a reactor core. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, uh, it's only been 30, 30 winters since the war. Like, that ain't safe, y'all. Right. Y'all, that right. that ain't safe. What what are you doing there? 
And then, of course, they end up on the Golden Gate Bridge because, of course, they do. It's always some iconic landmark. And, mm-hmm. and like, all these wires on it are snapped, and I'm just like, do you not know how suspension bridges work? That's a bad idea. If there's no suspension, there's no there bridge. should be no bridge. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I have some strong, clearly strong thoughts on the apocalypse. But <laughs> Melissa, I want to hear your strong thoughts on In Fabric. In Fabric is a fascinating movie, and I'm very glad you sent it to me. <laughs> and uh, I think, le- like I said last night, it's one of those Fantastic Fest movies that I didn't get in to see that particular year. And so it's been on my catch-up list for a while. But man, um, first of all, it's a Peter Strickland movie. And it's very much a Peter Strickland movie. This is somebody who's uh, very much into the look and feel of Giallo. And uh, boy, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this is a sumptuous looking movie. Right? Rich, rich Dario Argento like reds. And it's really leans into kind of this anachronistic look and and feel the the vibe of the movie is incredible. And um, the it's about a, a cursed dress. (laughs) And it's a it's a dress that goes on a murder spree, basically. And so but, you know, this woman goes into this store and buys this dress and the store is super weird. There are like these cult like ladies working the counter with, you know, really quaffed hair and they open their mouth and a thesaurus drops out of it and (laughs) just weird ways of speaking. And there are very strange, some kind of stilted character moments. And it's, it's just a very odd movie, but it all works together. And um, I will say it's got a very strange story or like character structure or not character structure, but like character arcs through the movie it's kind of like Tarantino's Death Proof, where unexpectedly the movie kind of begins again in the middle. Oh, yeah. And and if you're not expecting that, it's kind of jarring. It's like, oh, I kind of wanted to, oh. Yeah. <laughs> but then it keeps going. And it's like, oh, okay, okay, I can... I can get into this. And then there's the, the weird thing with repairing washers and dryers. And uh, <laughs> it it leans in hard on its um, stranger elements. And it's really remarkable. Very, very interesting. And um, for whatever reason, I haven't seen too much of Peter Strickland's movies, even though he's been strongly represented by Fantastic Fest in the past. So now I've gone through and like added, okay, Barbarian Sound Studio, I probably should see and (laughs) just (laughs) click, 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 add him to the watch list. (laughs) And also, also, uh, uh, Gwendolyn Christie. Yes. Yay. (laughs) I didn't recognize her at first. Even though she's like eight feet taller than everybody else in the cast, and her name in the movie is Gwen, duh, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> but I, maybe I'm just not used to seeing her with black hair. But the aesthetic she's kind of, of the sales clerks, the aesthetic, the, the sales clerks, that everything about that store is just right? amazing. And the way they just sort of stare and smile. And then, like, the mm-hmm. creepy after hours sort of Dracula thing. But, like, then yep. they just put Dracula, like, back in his little cabinet. You're good. Mm-hmm. Climb on in there, bud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, mm-hmm. it's a movie that, like, fairly early on when I first watched it, that, like, within, like, the first 20 minutes, I went, oh, Okay. And I just leaned back and let it happen to me. Like I stopped trying to figure it out, force it, like make any kind of sense. I just went, oh, it's very, I'm just going to, it's like a dream. It's very dreamlike. Yeah, it's dream logic. Mm -hmm. I'll just lay back and like, and if you don't try to force it, the narrative logic sort of bubbles to the top. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of absurdist. Yeah. it falls in well with uh, Quentin Depew's movies in that yes. um, there, there's a logic in those movies that isn't real, but it's uh, fascinating if you let it happen. Like this, 
this is a good movie that would pair with rubber where you have a, a killer car tire. So I would, killer dress. I want to. I want to make Unletterboxed a big and deerskin. Deerskin is so great. Well, especially since deerskin is kind of the same thing. It's uh-huh. a cursed jacket that talks to him. Right, that talks to him. But uh, but yeah, I want to make a whole like playlist of movies on Letterbox now that is all uh, sentient murder objects. So, you know, you've got Slacks and Maximum Overdrive and The Mangler, which is a killer laundry press. Uh, there's a, a Killdozer, which is a killer bulldozer. It's a great, <laughs> great title, Killdozer. Uh, there, I think there's an Amityville horror movie that is one of the sequels <laughs> that centers around a evil table lamp. Um <laughs> Deathbed, the bed that eats. Uh, well, I mean, but, yeah, but it has to be ridiculous murder objects because, like, a lot yeah. of cursed objects in possession, right? But like the idea of like this is just a red dress, and of course, deerskin—it's a deerskin jacket, and yeah. like. But I th- think the advent calendar would fit in this category. Oh yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah. you don't expect, yeah. An advent calendar to be murderous, unless it's German, because that shit's weird. Well, you should honestly, we should never really trust German toys. I agree. Okay, good. We have a good rule. <laughs> we have a good like life rule pro tip right there. Never trust German toys. Good, good, good. I'm glad we're in agreement on that. All right, cool. So now you've seen it, Fabric. Yay! I have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and my life is so much better. Actually, I kind of like that we watched it within 24 hours of Mulholland Drive because it's got that same sumptuous sort of look to it. Yeah. Oh, it's just like overripe fruit. I want to reach into the screen and it's like a mango, you know, just like, oh, it's so pretty. A little too juicy. Like, a little ooh. too juicy, but man, look at it. Like it may have started fermenting on the tree and it might make you drunk. <laughs> yeah, don't eat it. But look. But look. Oh. <laughs> but look at it. <laughs> All right. So we're on to the next movie pairing. Yes. So... Um, I do know what you have for me, and I'm very excited about it, especially given what I just watched. Right? It's the perfect, like, I feel like it's, it's going to go so well, because you're going to watch Cruella. Yes! And what's so crazy, I am so in for it. Oh. What's so crazy is I was actually really down on that movie when they announced it, like, we're going to try to reform a villain who wanted to murder puppies. How would you even? And yet... And is, yet, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to talk to you about it after. I cannot wait, especially since I only just saw The Devil Wears Prada for the first time a couple weeks ago. So yeah, like this is are. this is in this is barking up the same kind of tree, but it's mm-hmm. got a really different vibe. Yeah, good, mm-hmm. good, and good. I think I think I think you're gonna like it. And of course, it stars Emma Stone. Yeah, I'm all in. Yeah, yeah, and she's yeah. I can't. Mm. The oh, the sights <laughs> you have to see, Melissa. Oh, the sights. So what am I oh, going to watch? So happy. What am I watching? You are going to go to Netflix and watch the forty-year-old version, not virgin, version, like a okay. new version of something. So okay. it is a movie we have discussed before. Really, we have. That I, I watched. have no memory of this. You will once you start watching it, because okay. this is something I think I saw in January and we talked about on the podcast. So I will not tell you much more. I think you will really, really like it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, then we shall reconvene afterwards. Until then, okay. listeners, I give you boop. Boop, boop. And we are back after another round of movies. And so we watched... Kind of very different and yet very similar movies in in some sort of way. I mean, they're female-led. We got big female-led energy this round. Yeah, and women, like, trying to find their own power. Yeah. And who they truly are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a theme of black and white, so. Yeah, very much so. (laughs) Indeed, indeed. So, Wendy... How did you like 40-year-old version? Oh my god, it was beautiful. I am so I am so glad you showed this to me. That, oh that's one of the movies I've seen recently. It's like, oh, Wendy would love How this did you so much. How find that? 
Um, I it, just uh, algorithms, really, because uh, it came up on as well rated on on a letterboxed list or something. And um, I decided to check it out on Netflix. It's OK, listeners, this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is about a almost 40 black female playwright who like it's written to written and stars her it's about herself mm-hmm. yeah. very it's clearly very autobiographical but so i need you to know i need you, you need to know this script is tight it is oh, so yeah. fucking quotable I, mm-hmm. I i did nothing but just laugh my ass off and quote lines in our discord chat the entire <laughs> movie so she's she's this um female black playwright who got who was listed in new york and she lives in new york in in harlem she was listed as one of the 30 under 30 to watch and now she's almost 40 and nothing has fucking happened and mm-hmm. her mom recent her mom died a year ago she's very clearly struggling with that and she honestly she sells out just to get a play produced but at the same time she has this wild idea to she used to rap when she was a teenager and she finds this this beat master and meets up with him and lays down some tracks and he is like like I want to be clear this this character of D the beat master I think he might say 20 words the entire movie, but he is clearly very fascinated with her, very into her. And it's like, it's still an art house film. It's small and very character driven, very, very dialogue driven. And it was just fucking enjoyable front to finish. Like, Oh, oh yeah. my God. Um, so you understand, like, if you know anything at all about theater and anything at all, especially about being female in theater, being black in theater, not that I am black, but like, obviously, I work in diversity and equity, so I'm listening. And, like, oh my God, when they started talking about that somebody wanted to put on a, a multiracial revival of fences. <laughs> <laughs> literally cackled and then they're like like oh no she did the she did the all-male steel magnolias (laughs) like (laughs) hold on i gotta let bb in she's yelling (laughs) you can cut this out Uh, Ah, it's fine you know dog dog and cat maintenance are important and it's naturalistic. <laughs> and like, but I, I knew like all the theater stuff would just, just, <laughs> just hit you right where you live. <laughs> He's all like, the theater stuff is golden. And right down to the, she has a classroom full of students or, you know, <laughs> like an after school sort of theater group of like eight kids and all that stuff is gold and oh yeah oh, her, God. Yo- her young f- lesbian student who is absolutely obsessed with her is a beautiful and adorable mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and um and the play they are writing is just so fucking typical i love the fact that it's like you're gonna write my harriet b Tub- my harriet tubman musical you're gonna write my idb wells musical you're gonna write <laughs> i'm just <laughs> And like her face was like, so I heard you're going to write the Ida B. Wells musical. And she's literally looking around like, who told you that? And like, so they're probably thinking like, oh, the cat's out of the bag. And she's literally like, what the fuck? Who said that? (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Yeah, it just and uh, the Jay Whitman, the old white guy, he's a character actor that, of course, you've seen before. And he's Mm -hmm. having so much fun mm-hmm. so much fun i love the the black actress who's the lead in the play the sellout play and she's like um mm-hmm. why am i talking this way <laughs> and like the notes that this white producer is giving her and like well i mean mm-hmm. if you if you want the target audience to come they need to see themselves in the play like the oh my god the assumption in that um Oh, God. Yeah, so, oh, it's about 
It's about a young black couple trying to run a store on in Harlem during, you know, as gentrification happens. Well, then if it's going to be about gentrification, you need to have a white woman in it, right? And she needs to be a major player. What? It, <sighs> the, the the movie slices into something that it, I so rarely see where um the 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 thing about making art that is real to your experience but yet how do you make it so that it's not poverty porn or it's uh-huh. how to make it accessible to an audience that is not you without playing into their expectations or uh oh, the playing comments. you know yeah. yeah 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 that there's this this uh highwire act that is portrayed in this movie that I just haven't seen very many other places. Um yeah and I this really would love pair it. well with bodied. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. what I because what I really appreciate is how unflinching it is about the the way that white art white the art the white art complex right <laughs> yeah demands oh, yeah. that black art say the messages that white art wants it to say right and assume assume the cliches that they think are authentically black right, right? so yeah mm-hmm. it's it's so good. It's so good and delightful. Um, that outfit she wears at the end. Goddamn. Uh, it's great. And I love that she put on the big gold hoops. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so because I, I work in diversity and equity and inclusion training in social justice, right? And one of my colleagues is a black woman. I adore Mm -hmm. her. And she calls out at the city, like how people on interview panels will be like, I don't think she looked really professional. She had big hoops on. And so Uh... this this great black character putting on big gold hoops, like I know Mm -hmm. enough to know like what that can represent. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, yeah. It was just like, she looked, oh, and, and that, ooh, that tux, that tux she wore. Right. Oh, she looks so good. She looks so good. So yeah, Yeah. I very much enjoyed that. And I, I'm going to be recommending it up, up, down and sideways. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. I'm so glad you liked it because it really it is something I, I I like 10 minutes in I'm just like oh this is a windy movie and <laughs> I mean I loved it too but it's like oh man windy it's gonna love this one I want to <laughs> serve it up on a train to windy right now so yeah I'm so yeah. glad I'm so and glad the sexy times are you right. are you beatboxing down there are you beatboxing down there <laughs> I mean dang oh <laughs> uh, Okay, so talk to me about Cruella. Oh my God, it is candy. Yes. It is. It is. It is a big bowl of candy. It is. I mean, yes, it's it's Disney. It's a live action Disney folding in upon itself and you know recycling its its material over and over and over. But oh man, it's it's tasty, good fun, and it's Emma Stone and Emma Thompson eating all the scenery. By God, there's a lot of scenery to eat in this movie, and uh-huh. they are just shoveling it into their mouths at every second. Just big honking spoonfuls of scenery, you know, just put it in a ham sandwich and gobble it down. It's so much fun. And and this movie is relentlessly art designed. Just, yes, it looks great. And it's about the fashion world. So the, the, you know, you know, the costume department was like, Oh man, this is going to be fun. You know, the, you know, right down the the thing with the dress with the beads on it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to spoil the surprise of that, but it was like some th- there was something in the back of my brain. It's like, 
I think I know what those are. <gasps> oh, yay! <laughs> so, oh my God, I'm so pleased. So, uh, so yeah, it's absolutely delicious. There's character actors all over the place. Mark Strong's in it. Uh, uh, there are dogs, and there are no dogs harmed in the movie, I will say. There are no no uh-huh. harmed dogs. This is very important. Uh-huh. Uh, although it does correctly portray Dalmatians as demon hounds. Dalmatians really are. are fucked up in the head. And they are. And they're portrayed as such. So it's very realistic in that way. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's 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 a movie about revenge in the in the fashion industry. So it's like the 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 candy coated Disney villain version of Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. And I desperately want Emma Thompson and Emma Stone and uh, Meryl Streep in mm-hmm. a room together, catting at each other. Mm-hmm. And so this movie is two thirds of that. It's, it's, it's lovely. I when love you it. said you just watched Devil Wears Prada, I was like, oh, Cruella then. Definitely. Right. right. Definitely. But also like, yeah, Disney, live action Disney remake, but this is so original and uh-huh. punk rock. Like, yeah, this is like, like somebody wanted to do a Vivian Westwood uh, biopic and it's like uh, I don't know how I'm going to get that funded well I guess we'll do a Cruella DeVille movie right? <laughs> not that I'm saying that Vivian Westwood was was on a revenge fantasy or evil or anything like that but it's very punk rock yes you know? and the needle drops like you even in our oh, chat yeah. were like holy shit the needle drops in this some really fun needle drops in here it's a, it's a good the little soundtrack the soundtrack is off the chain mm-hmm like Super Tramp, Florence and the Machine, the Bee Gees, ELO. <laughs> hey, I want to be your dog. That's the jo- chef's uh-huh. kiss right there. I want to be your dog. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. And it's it's set in London in like late 60s, early 70s sort of thing. And yeah, so the, yeah, oh, the super clothes, fun. The super designs. Fun. You know who directed it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The guy who did Itanya. I know. Like, Which is also, dear listeners, Itanya, fucking great movie. Oh my <sighs> god, yes. Yeah, yeah, this is a really delicious female fronted movie. You know, just you don't you don't normally see female villains quite this over the top. And it's just, ooh, mm, this is like Glenn Close level. And you know, Glenn Close has played Cruella DeVille. Yes. But, you know, less said about that movie, the better. But, yes. you know, it's like that that amped up. It's so good. I love it. Emma Thompson just having a ball. <laughs> right? Literally oh, her, having a ball. Having several balls, in fact. <laughs> and her hair and what she gets to wear. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I will say, like, Disney live action villainesses get some of the best clothes because Kate Blanchett and Cinderella also mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. fire. Mm-hmm. Absolute, mm-hmm. Absolutely on fire. Well, yes. I mean, if you're going to be evil, you got to dress the part. You got to look good. If you look shabby as a villain, you're not going to get far. <laughs> Clearly not. So, <laughs> like, I feel like this, like, this solidifies that I am, in fact, like, a good guy because I do not dress that amazingly. <laughs> oh God, that it also oh, I just means... understood my life. <laughs> it also means I need to work on Theodora's fashion sense if I truly want her to be an evil villain. Oh yeah, because I think she could do it. I believe. In I her. think she could. Like she's she got could. she's got the wit, she's got the brains, and she's she's definitely got the sass. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, oh yeah. So now we need to work on the fashion sense for sure. Yeah, and perhaps uh, get her an arch enemy. Mm. That helps. Mm. Find an arch enemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The problem is arch enemies need to be able to keep up, right? They're the they're the right. love. It's the love hate thing. So right. right. Um, but she is now entering her high school years. I feel like her arch enemy is just on the horizon. Just right over there. It's going to happen. Surely. Surely. Clearly. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I'm oh, and, s- and, and also with Cruella, um, Artie, 
the character of Artie. Yes. I need one. I need an Artie in my life. Everybody needs an Artie in their lives. <sighs> there, I'm done. Well, I had so much fun with that movie. Thank you. <laughs> played by John McRae. Yeah. Super fun. Yeah. Oh, Artie is great. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at pictures online. Mm. There's it's a so pretty wiki. I found oh my the Cruella God, really? wiki. <laughs> All right. I guess I know what I'm looking at tonight. Right? Um, it may or may not be a kind of porn. FYI. Yeah. Um, like Fashion porn. Yeah. Like fashion, design, aesthetic. Also, mm-hmm. I mean, the people in that movie are beautiful. Let's just say it. It's true. Yeah. Everybody's pretty. Maybe I'm your arty, Melissa. No, I would need to dress better. God damn it. I need you'd, to dress you'd better. You'd also have to be flaming <laughs> true <laughs> yeah i don't flame i'm more yeah yeah you're it's I'm more blast. it's a different aesthetic it's different yeah it's, yeah. it's not it's not flaming is a very specific thing <laughs> yeah um right. so good yay that was yay. a good round yay. Good for us. i think we're gonna have another good one i i feel like it because you're gonna watch prey I know, right? which I'm, I'm so excited. Surprised you hadn't seen yet. I I just hadn't gotten around to it. Okay, I mean, there's so, only so much time in my day. So so far for me, you've had you've had the musical, you've had the underdog mm-hmm. sports flick, you've had the weird the weird slash horror. We've mm-hmm. had the very feminist, um, and now we're going into the action horror. One of my action. <laughs> Action horror. Yes, I'm so oh, excited. And the lead actress. You're going to love her. No, oh, I'm so excited. Okay, what am I and watching? And Wendy. Wendy, I'm going to one-two punch you. Now that you've seen 40-year-old version, I'm going to give you Sorry to Bother You. Oh, ooh, yay. Okay. <laughs> yes, I think you're really going to love it. And, you know, remember those gold hoops. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> okay. Okay. There, okay. Okay. I'm sensing a theme. This is cool. This is cool. There is a theme. And I think you're really going to love it too. So. I, I keep, I've heard good things. I just didn't, yeah, there's so much. Well, anyway. there's only so much time in the day. And sometimes I have to spend time with my spouse. Sometimes I have to read. Sometimes I have to yeah. do craft projects. I guess sometimes I show up for work. Also, Food, showers, you know, that it's stuff. The things. Going outside, apparently putting sun on your skin is good for you. Uh, I heard about that. I'm still suspicious. Sus. Very skeptical. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. So off we go. Off we go. And we are back, dear back. listeners. Back. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we had very different experiences with our movies, but <laughs> I, I would hope so, because those were two very different movies. Very different movies. I, okay. I will say, I will say, um, we'll go with the more, um, the more standard film <laughs> first. Okay, yeah. Prey. I'll, I'll start. I'll talk about Prey first. Um, Dan Trachtenberg, man, he is two for two with me because uh, he was the person who did 10 Cloverfield Lane, which I loved. Mm-hmm. And this prey is fucking amazing. Yeah. Yee, oh, yes, my right. God. I love it so much. It is um, now, dear, dear friends, um, I am a big fan of the original Predator movie. Mm-hmm. Not so much the sequels, but the, the original Predator movie is an 80s action classic and rightfully so i revisited it a couple years ago and it's like wow that's one of the few 80s action classics that actually kind of holds up Mm -hmm. it's kind of fucking amazing and so um the original concept behind the predator movies if it was to go into sequels was that each predator film would be a different era of human history so the plots weren't actually related it was just somebody in the civil war encounters a predator or uh, a mm-hmm. caveman encounters a predator or what have you and this is prey is uh, a predator dropped in the middle of comanche territory in the 1700s yep Mm-hmm. And it's fucking great. It is, <laughs> it is so good. And uh, the the young woman who is the lead character, um, 
The actress's name is Amber Midthunder. Amber Midthunder. I had Amber and Mid, and then I went to Journey, Mid Journey. No, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> I have a friend who's very involved with AI generation right now, and Mid Journey is on my mind. So Amber, Amber Midthunder is wonderful. Um, she is this um, young Comanche woman who is uh, a good tractor and want a good tracker, not tractor, tracker, and who wants to be a hunter. And the the guys in her tribe, the young men and her brother, are like, no, no, you don't, you don't want. You have so many other skills. You know, you're very good at healing and all that stuff. Why do you want to be a hunter? And she's like, no, I want to be a hunter. And you know, she's practicing with her throwing axe, and she has her faithful dog. And then you know, predator happens. And it's a it's survival of the fittest in in uh-huh. this environment, and uh-huh. it's absolutely fucking fantastic. Yeah, it, it really just is. a tight. It is tight front to back. It is engaging. The actors are wonderful, and I love that it's a movie that's centered in a Native American community, and all the actors are Native American. What? Crazy. It's so great. It's so great. So yeah, and uh, dear, dear listeners, when I uh, about thirty seconds after we recorded the last segment, I realized why I had not watched it before. It's on Hulu, and I haven't had Hulu since about a month ago. So when Prey hit, I didn't have it. So that's what happened. I, I missed the train, and I just didn't hadn't gone back and caught it again. <laughs> But now I have. Yay. Yay. Listeners, what you need to know, um, I, we've referenced the fact that we have a Discord chat going while both of us are watching movies. So um, my favorite thing that was happening was just Melissa. And I want to be clear more than once, in all caps, the fucking French. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a little bit of a spoiler, but not really, because um, I think in the first scene... Uh, our lead character comes across a uh, bear trap, a, a jaw trap that is very clearly of European origin. So mm-hmm. yes, there are trappers around. Well, it's, it's the 1700s. Fucking French. It's yeah. the 1700s. Fucking French, man. The fucking so. French. There's also Melissa just being like, "Oh, she fell into a bog. Yeah, been there, done that. It's the worst." Yeah, there was a lot of that. It's like, oh, bog mud is the fucking worst, man. Also, you know, going through rapids without a boat, don't recommend it. Melissa. Melissa. <laughs> the life you have led. Oh, my friend. The life I have led, indeed, indeed. So, <laughs> I have yet to kill a predator. So, you know, I... I mean, I got a couple years yet. before I'm 50. You know, that's on my bucket list. At some point, I'll get it. So, Wendy... Shifting gears entirely. Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> Sorry to bother you. I am I was, I was so, so pleased. I was enjoying it so much. <laughs> and then it went there. And, oh god, yeah. And I I want to be clear, I on board. On board. But also mm-hmm. just unprepared for that left turn at at all not not remotely what i was i mean i did call it a murder hallway so i vibed that the hallway was weird um also getting army hammer to play that role was kind of perfect because he is a weird motherfucker he's a weird motherfucker and kind of not okay but uh i will say he's good at playing roles like that uh probably for a reason method Um, actor (laughs) Uh, oh, no. Tessa Thompson and her yeah. earrings. Her oh God, I love earrings. earrings. I want so much. All of them. They're so great. Listeners, she's got, if you haven't seen the movie, which, sorry to bother you, was what, 20? I want to say 18. 2018? 20. Uh, yeah, 2018. Um, yeah. Uh, she's got these earrings that are probably like four inches by four inches they're that are huge text and it's it's things like um l- like they're all political slogans one of them one set is murder 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 on one ear and the other is kill 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 yep um there's another set that 
one side says, tell Homeland Security. The other earring says, we're the bomb. Yes. <laughs> That was, I liked that one a lot. <laughs> that was a great. Uh, there were a couple of others too, but like every time she puts on earrings, they're bigger and weirder. And then she had, at one point she has a t-shirt that says the future is female ejaculation. Yes. Um, She's got little glitter penis earrings at one point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. She's her whole vibe is great. Mm -hmm. um, so he takes this job in a, phone and in a, he in a being lakeith stanfield who we were yes. talking about last week yes because he is in uh uh judas yeah uh, judas and the black messiah yes among other things and get out and and so many other things recently which yeah. i am all for i like him yes he's a he's very engaging um mm -hmm. and uh so he he takes a job in a telemarketing farm and right away, they're like, stick to the script, stick to the script, stick to the script. And every time he makes a call, his like the visual, the visual thing they do is he like drops into whatever location the person he's talking to is. And mm -hmm. it's very jarring and surreal. And I'm like, oh, okay fully on board i like this and then while he's on the phone every time he comes back to his cubicle something is going on in the copy room behind him yeah. <laughs> like mm -hmm. and they never explain it yeah <laughs> it's just like the the uh xerox machine has gone rogue and is just spinning paper up into the air like a fountain <laughs> yeah um <laughs> the boss is an actor who has re just recently become like he's he's one of those older actors that now he's everywhere because he finally hit. He yep. plays the groundskeeper in the Haunting of Hill House series. That's where I first yep. noticed him, and now he's everywhere, and I really enjoy him. I was like, oh, I know that guy. I love that guy. Of course, Terry Crews is in it. Mm -hmm. Um, in a small role though, I was a little sad I didn't get to see more of him. I bet that there's some cut of this where there's more of him. But anyway. He is trying to earn more money uh, because the, he's living with his uncle and his uncle's going to lose his house. And mm -hmm. uh, the old telemarketer guy next to him, Danny fucking Glover, is Danny like, Glover. You, you need to adopt a white voice on your calls. That'll make you successful. That's what you're doing wrong. <laughs> and the white voice becomes this dubbed in thing that is uh -huh. so crazy and while all of this is going on... And, and did you notice... Okay, so the, the white voices are all dubbed. Did you notice who's playing the white voices? Like, the, it's different white actors dubbing different black actors doing white voice. No, I didn't notice. Because <laughs> Lakeith, Lakeith Stanfield, I think, is dubbed over by um, David Cross. <laughs> and I think one of them is Patton Oswalt, if I remember right. And that there's a couple makes others. Sense. Yeah. yeah. They got like the whitest people possible to do the white voice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so that's all fairly standard, although the styling of what they're doing mm -hmm. is weird. But in the like out in the world is oh, join worry free. It's a lifetime contract, but we'll feed you and house you for the rest of your life. You don't even have to worry about a salary. And I'm just mm -hmm. like, oh, that's fucking dark and yep. accurate. And like Amazon yep. with their trying to float company towns again. And yep. yeah. And so then they try to organize at the telemarketing farm and but in the meantime he's become so successful he gets promoted and when he gets promoted it turns out he gets promoted to yeah we basically sell genocide to the highest bidder and we want you to make a ton of money and so it's all about like how much he wants to be successful and how he's having to again sell himself and his soul to do it so it does tie in well with 40 year old version yeah. and it's very surreal and weird. Very. And it gets fucking weird. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to amend that statement. It's not really surreal. It's really grounded, except for the weird 
voice and mm. until like there's stylistic until. things happening mm-hmm. and odd moments and the voice thing until the third act reveal <laughs> <laughs> which takes a I, fucking turn listeners it sure does it sure does um, <laughs> and i okay do we just put in a spoiler zone warning and go no, for it let's just let let's let the listeners discover that for themselves because okay that's fair it's one of those things where we could tell them they might not believe us. That's true. Um, you, you did tell me it was, was an absurdist movie, and you were right, and that made me much more interested. Um, mm-hmm. What I re- There's so much to like about what they do there. Like, it is a smart commentary. It is absolutely mm-hmm. something I can see an Elon Musk being like, no, but what if we did this? I feel like it'd work. Um, yeah. It is completely ridiculous, and... Uh, and I think my favorite part is that, like, he tries to tell the world and the world just goes, oh, well. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, oh damn, that, that's, that's the truth. <laughs> that's, damn, this is fucking dark. I'm in this movie yeah. and I don't like it. Um, it's But it's dark, but it's, like, technicolor dark. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's such a weird tone. Yes. Yes. So, um. Highly recommend, highly recommend. Definitely awesome. a lot of fun to watch. And for all that it's saying is some really dark shit, uh, yep. it isn't actually a downer. Yeah. So, so it is now in your life. Yay. And I am happy I could share that with you. And the earrings. <laughs> Those earrings are fucking killers, man. They're so great. Because ah. every time she shows up on screen, it's like, what is she wearing? Oh, right? my God. I'm so ready. Like every time she showed up, I'm like, she's got new earrings. Come on, give us mm-hmm. a good shot. I want to see what, what her earrings it? Was it? say. And there was mm-hmm. one shot where it was like her hair was in the way a little bit. And I'm like, come on, don't do me dirty like that. Show me, show me, show me. And then very <laughs> clearly they gave you a shot where you could see them, which thank you. Right. So, so dear Wendy, we're mm-hmm. heading into our final film slot. That's right. And I it's very the purposely. film slot. <laughs> okay so wendy i very purposely slotted something for you that doesn't take much thinking it is pure amusement okay it is it is a dessert okay it is the unbearable weight of massive talent (laughs) i keep seeing this meme on tiktok so it's about fucking time i watched the movie Oh, yeah. And it's it's not the best movie in the world, but this is a movie where where Nicolas Cage playing himself has a bromance with Pedro Pascal. Oh, Pedro. And is there anything you want more in the world aside from like peace, love and understanding than this beautiful friendship between these two people? This bromance. Yes. (laughs) So anyway, I I give that unto you. Yay! And of course, you already know what you're gonna watch. Yes, I'm going to see Dead again. Finally, I I am I have wanted to see it. this. Oh no, I've wanted to see this movie for so long, and I just have never gotten around to it. So I am filling a big hole in my movie knowledge. This is absolutely the sort of thing mm-hmm. that I should have watched mm-hmm. decades ago. Mm-hmm. I'm fixing that tonight. I am very excited for you because it is uh, deliciously young and tasty Kenneth Branagh and Emma Thompson when they were still married, in fact. Oh, my God. We get two Emma Thompsons in one day. I'm so happy. I do. I do. I do. I do. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay. Okay, Wendy. Let's let's go watch them. Okay. Boop. And dear listeners, we are back. (laughs) We have concluded our little movie marathon here. Oh, oh yay. That was yay. so fun. Oh, my God. Indeed. Indeed. I had to. There was a moment there where I was like, what movies did I watch? <laughs> I, I know, go, right? I had to go back through our chat to be like, what movies did I watch? What was the first movie? 
it's it's been so long wendy it's like it's like we've lived eight lifetimes since four o'clock yesterday afternoon yes <laughs> something like that <laughs> yes so um uh, <sighs> melissa what did yes? you think of oh Dead my again? god dead again oh my god it's everything i could have hoped for it, right it you know what it i was expecting things from it and it didn't land it anywhere near the place I thought it would and <laughs> I am so pleased and there's so many people in it I mean Campbell Scott is in it for like a hot second mm -hmm. and Miriam Margolis shows up for a yes. sliver of time Derek Jacoby is a major player and you know Emma Thompson Kenneth Branagh at the height of their marriage oddly enough playing a couple a couple times over in this movie uh -huh. and uh yeah yeah, oh, and Emma Thompson ride, is so lovely in it, oh, especially no, in yeah. the in the vintage scenes. Mm. Oh, if I, I, one of the later reveals made me especially happy, but I don't want to spoil it for the dear listeners if they have not seen it. Uh, it dear listeners, the film was made in what, like nineteen? Yeah, thirty years ago. Ah, thirty-two years ago. Oh God! I, oh God! Oh God! Okay, fine. So you know they're ninety-one. Yes. Ninety-one. Yes. Okay, they're like a whole generation has grown up and become adults since this movie. Was and this movie has been forgotten. And I people, know, which so which is why I don't want to spoil it because there are people out there who have not seen it. So, oh, it's, uh, it's dear listeners. There's. Okay, so there's this woman who turns up at a convent. She can't talk. Something's terrified her. She has amnesia. She doesn't know who she is. Um, this kind of private investigator guy uh, is called in by the guy who runs the convent. He picks her up and he's like, okay, fine. Well, I'll take her over to county and see if I can put her picture in the papers. And then he gets over to county and go, oh, no, this is not a good place for this poor woman so you know of course he invites her into his apartment and uh the next day they go see this antique dealer or, or rather the antique dealer finds them and puts her under hypnosis and she talks now and then there you know machinations happen and like there's this whole past lives thing happening uh -huh. where there's this uh, murder that happened um, at that point 40 years ago. <laughs> now it'd be 70 years ago. Mm. Um, so there are all these sequences starring the same actors in black and white. So there's these two parallel plot lines going on and they're trying to figure out this past lives thing. And there's a mystery going on and who's this woman and why is she talking about this couple that, that died a while ago. And it's, it is so, it, and it doesn't go where you expect it to, and it makes me so happy. Oh, good. I'm glad you were surprised by it. Good, good, good. And also, it's very self-aware that it is in film noir in Los Angeles. People, uh, oh yeah, literally, one of the exteriors is the, I did confirm it, it is the double indemnity house. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, right? Uh -huh. Right. And I think so one of the other exteriors, I think that that convent, I think that's like Arkham Asylum in at least one Batman movie. Oh, probably. Or maybe it's Wayne Manor. One of the and, two. And the, the music that opens it, like it's so very mm -hmm. much referencing and homaging and having fun with. Oh, yeah. Um, but how and also I, Kenneth Branagh with a goatee. <laughs> Andy Garcia at the at the height of his pretty. Oh my god. Oh, he was very Cuz he pretty. has this little flop over hair thing and all. Oh, oh my goodness. I'm fanning myself. I know that's great radio, but I'm fanning myself to listen. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love the antique dealer. The uh, antique dealer is so great. Played by Terry Jacoby, but the way like his smarmy greed, the way like mm -hmm. she wants the magazine, she starts leaving he's like, "Oh, um, the magazine. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I I fell in love with this movie when it first came out. I bought it on VHS, oh, <laughs> and I watched it yeah. repeatedly. Awesome, awesome. Oh uh, yeah, it's a fun little mystery. Um, mm -hmm. 
of course, of course, Kenneth Branagh and Emma Thompson together are just so magnetic. Yeah, they uh, are. And um, yeah, there's and it's and the way it twists and turns and unfolds is so much fun. And and uh, Robin Williams as a particularly skeezy ex psychiatrist. Right. You're like, oh my mm. god. What did he do to get kicked out of the psychiatry profession again? <laughs> oh, he was fucking his patients. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, it's got Robin Williams in a BT dubs also. Yeah. Just just a smidgen of him. He's in like three or four scenes. That's yeah. about it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's fun been a minute movie. since I've watched that movie. I should go watch it again. Yeah, no. you should. It's so fun. <gasps> All right, Wendy, you you watched The Unbearable yes. Weight of Massive Talent. Yes, I did. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It was so delightful. I cannot right. handle how much I am in love with Pedro Pascal. Right. He's the actual MVP of the movie, and I love it so much. Like, he is just the most adorable. I know, right? I mean, you you sell this movie on it's Nicolas Cage playing himself. But no, the person who actually is carrying the movie is Pedro Pascal. Oh, man. I mean, <sighs> Nicolas Cage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pedro Pascal. I mean, not just Nicolas Cage, <laughs> but also Nikki. Nikki Nikki. Um, Nikki. Nicolas fucking Cage. <laughs> Nicolas Cage kisses good. <laughs> <laughs> it's the scene where they take LSD is so much fun. Oh my god. Oh my god. Um yeah, yeah it's, I, it's, that movie is is built around the chemistry of of those two actors. You know and, that the, yeah. the Pedro Pascal wasn't even ca- original the original person cast. I know, that's so weird. It was, like, don't get me wrong. I love Dan Stevens. And Dan yeah. Stevens is very funny. Mm-hmm. But, like, what a different movie that would have been. Yep. What a completely different movie that would have been. Oh, that yep. would have been odd. Especially, <laughs> like, now I can't. I just, I need Pedro Pascal to always be my zaddy. He's just right? so adorable. Yes. <laughs> so charming. And like the whole scene when like Nick Cage first meets him and he's just like, oh, I, I guess I'll just drive the boat. <laughs> I, I'm hobby. No, I'm, hobby. I'm, I'm hobby. I'm Hi. hobby. And, and then like when he comes to sit by him near the pool, is their first getting to know each other. He's so mm-hmm. awkward and adorable. Mm-hmm. Oh. And then, I love the discovery of the room. The room and the creepy statue of nick cage he's like how much did you pay for that six thousand i'll give you 20 no it's not for sales <laughs> it's laugh out loud and the funny reverence and the reverence is it's not for sale <laughs> yeah yeah it's laugh out loud funny it's self-referential it's very mm-hmm. meta you and you know what it's what's going to happen because of the meta-ness right you can see yeah the strokes that they are laying on this canvas for you very early on. You're like, Oh yeah, it's going to do that. Yes, it absolutely is. Yeah. yeah. There are no real surprises in that movie, but other it's than, fun. Other than like how clever it is. That's yeah. the real surprise. Cause it could have, it could have just been too precious or trying too hard or something, mm-hmm. but like, Nick Cage is Nick Caging. Mm-hmm. But I will say the appropriate amount of Nick Caging. Right. The directors kept him very much in check. Yeah. Maybe it was having a Nicky Cage that he could lean into. Yeah. <laughs> or the the hot mess cage uh, early on with the yeah. piano. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> the, I'll read right now. I'll do it right now. Did you want I'll another do it right take? Now. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, uh, and uh, then I I love that the enduring meme from the movie, aside from the gif of Pedro Pascal high as a kite smiling, um, yes, is 
them declaring that Paddington 2 is the best movie in the world. <laughs> which it is. I mean, Don't get really me wrong. Is. It really is. Uh, but there's there's like it it repeatedly happens in the movie. Oh, Paddington 2 is truly the greatest movie. I appreciate the subtle this it's subtle, but when his daughter says Paddington 2 at the end, can we watch Paddington 2, that he doesn't launch into a monologue about it. Oh, I just watched it. Yes, it's so great. Right. Like, he just lets it be hers. Like, yeah. the comment on how his character has changed in that moment is really great. Like, I noticed yeah. that moment and I appreciate, like, it's something so small, but really effective. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, in yeah. a way, even more effective than the very obvious shot of her resting her head on his shoulder that you knew was right. going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I just, everybody needs a hobby. Oh my Everybody goodness. needs a hobby. Oh. It's true. Like, oh, I hobby. need to stand up to my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <sighs> That yeah. was delightful. I don't know why I put off watching it so long. I mean, honestly. Well, you were just waiting for a Xanus in a weekend. That's right. That's that's what Xanus in weekends are for. Indeed. Indeed. <sighs> Melissa, it's almost two in the morning. I know. We got to go to bed. <laughs> we got to go to bed. I gotta we take, really do. <laughs> I got to take Theodora to a dance audition in the morning. How appropriate. Oh, boy. Ooh, ooh. I look forward to sleeping in as long as possible. All right. Okay. So, dear listeners, thank you for joining us on this Xanacina weekend. Thank you for joining us on our ride. Hopefully, we turned you on to a few things that you hadn't seen before. Or maybe we have uh, drawn you back into something that you once enjoyed and want to enjoy again. Yes. Okay, I'm talking too much. Go watch movies. We love them. You love them. You know it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, I've been Melissa. Bye-bye. That's Wendy. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. New episodes arrive every Thursday. You can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. You can also visit us at xanaducinema.com. Follow us on Twitter at Xanadu Cinema and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Alright, I'm tired, you're tired. Yes. Let's call it. Okay. All right. Love you, Wendy. Love you, This was so fun. Thank you. Mwah. Mwah. All right. I'll talk to you later. Get get some some rest. Okay. Bye-bye.